Welcome to the 2023 Spring Fling Preview Show with Main Street Preps. I'll be your host today. My name is Brady McAtamney, Clarksville sports reporter and host of MSP Clarksville Show. Let's meet our guests slash reporters for today. Starting with our Nashville sports reporter, he is the co-host of the MSP This Week Show, Tyler Palmatier, as well as his co-host, the audience development manager by day, and sports writer by night, Russell Venosi, as well as our Sumner County sports editor slash Robertson County sports editor. He's doing a little bit of both right now. Host of the Sumner County Sports Show, Blaine Keller. And host of Casey's Take, he is the Dixon County sports writer, as well as the Cheatham County sports writer, Casey Patrick. And this show is brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office, where fans don't let fans drive drunk. We're going to start off with some Davidson County and Williamson County talk right now. Uh, we'll start with Tyler, uh, perhaps our best team in the mid-state, regardless of sport. Brentwood Soccer, nationally ranked, undefeated this season. Do they have what it takes to finish off that undefeated season? Uh, yeah, it's definitely. I mean, when you look at there's a lot of cool storylines, but I can't think of. Uh... You know, maybe with the exception of good pasture baseball, there being like a team that is had this dominant of a run, but I don't know that there's anybody left that has kind of a national storyline when you look at that ranking. So uh, I definitely think, yes, um, you know, you look at what they have in on defense, a lot of great midfielders, but then Thomas Fields at goalkeeper, 11 shutouts. Um, and it's also a team that just can score in bunches in that, you know, coach Mike Purcell is 72 years old, I think. And he thinks this is his deepest team. He's been at, he's been at Brent, Brentwood for 21 years. Um, <clears throat> he thinks it's his deepest team. So it's kind of one of those deals. You never know who's going to score, but Klein Simmons, Cooper Bailey, uh, freshman, uh, freshman, uh, Tristan uh, Tropiano, uh, all have double digit goals on the season. So you're talking about really a lot of experienced guys and even the younger guys chipping in. And, uh, it's kind of a crazy team, but uh, wrote about this not too long ago, but not one, at least currently, college commitment uh, on that team. There's obviously guys that could probably go play at the next level somewhere, but just guys that are just going to continue uh, without soccer. So it's a it's a really neat storyline, and it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, how that all goes this week. That is pretty incredible. You know, you, you think of a team that's been this successful, you think it's going to be, you know, D1 recruits all across the board, but pretty incredible. Um Russell, let's talk about the only athlete who might be busier than the writers. Uh, CPA's uh, London Humphreys. He could have an, a possible overlap between baseball and track. You know, a, 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 an athlete qualifying for state in both is pretty incredible. Um, just what's his day going to look like on Wednesday? Yeah, guys, they're going to need some sort of shuttle service or a police escort or something. I, I honestly don't know how he was going to do this, but I'm sure they're going to make every effort to because – uh, the situation on Wednesday is that CPA baseball will have a game. You don't know what time that is yet. Depends on what happens Tuesday, but they'll either play their first game at 10 a.m. or 12:30, and then um, if they if they were to get to that 12:30 game and win, then they they would be good the rest of the day. They wouldn't play. Um, but if they lose either the 12:30 game or if they lose the 10 10 o'clock game, they're out. But if they were to win the the 10 o'clock game or lose the 12:30 game, they would then have to play again at five, and that's going to be a pretty big problem uh, for, for London. I think he, at that point he would have to choose whether he wants to do his uh, track events or his, uh, or just play baseball. I'd imagine with how competitive he is in track and, and all the state titles he's collected there that he would um, go to track, but we're just going to have to see because um, he's got 
the 100 meter, the 200 meter, and the relay that'll be happening um, at 4 p.m. onward, sometime in that frame. But he's also got the long jump that's supposed to happen early, earlier in the day um, between nine and four with the field events. So there's a chance. There's maybe a chance he could go back and forth a couple different times. Uh, the other complication is that the baseball tournament is all the way up at Wilson Central in Lebanon. So that's a little bit further out than some of these other venues. And it's, um, I would say, at least a 20 or 25-minute ride from MTSU uh, where they're holding the track championships up to Wilson Central. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a fascinating day on, on Wednesday for him. But uh, regardless, I mean, he's, he's earned the opportunity to, to compete in both those sports. And uh, we'll see what he's able to do. Yeah, it's going to be pretty interesting to see how they handle that for sure. I definitely smell a very nice feature story on that if you choose to do so. Uh, Tyler, you mentioned Good Pasture Baseball as a team that's been really just dominant this season. Uh, are they destined to win a second straight D2 title? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know why we would pick anybody else at this point. It would be a, definitely a Goliath or a David over Goliath in some form if good pasture weren't to win. So I would definitely say, yes, if you look at over the last eight games, I haven't seen this sort of offensive production from anybody this year, uh, 96 runs over the last eight games. And that includes a 21 to zero win to, to get to the spot. So tells you maybe a little bit about the field getting to this point, it'll get a little bit harder, but uh, I just, I don't see how anybody overtakes good pasture. Uh, we had Jim Carter on not that long ago. Great coach. You look at the depth, um, and so many guys returning from last year. You know, you've got Tennessee commitments and Carson Rucker and Luke Payne. Uh, I think definitely have the firepower to do it, would predict them to do it. And the proven champ, great champions last year. You know, you always look at who who wins. You know, are they, are they great champions? And I think some people, you know, just prove that they're above and beyond the best team. And I, I think they did that and uh, definitely think the, the Cougars are going to get this done. Yeah, Russell, staying on baseball, let's look up at uh, D2 AA. Uh, who would you consider the favorite between Lipscomb and CPA? Yeah, that's a tough one, Brady, because you've also got uh, Macaulay and Knoxville Catholic to deal to deal with in that bracket. And um, I think we've learned the past couple of years, like those those teams that come from East and West Tennessee in the private school uh, league are, are definitely nothing to uh, – um, to overlook, but yeah, the way I think the way both of those teams are playing right now, I could see either of them making that title game. Um, I would have to lean towards CPA a little bit just because the way that they, um, outside of the first game against um Briarcrest the other day, they they completely dominated that series. Uh, Briarcrest threw Matthew Dallas a Tennessee commitment in the first game, and CPA still almost got that one, uh, but they came back the next day with a couple of run rule victories and uh. Just really like the way they're playing right now. I think they have a pretty deep pitching staff as well. Uh, you've got the three starters of Eli Dickey, uh, Carter Wallace, and Braxton Orr. I think that's that's a really good lineup there. So I would have to lean towards CPA of those two being the favorites. But Lipscomb Academy, I, you can't count them out. This is a team that just will not be eliminated. Uh, last year, you know they uh, they fought through that losers bracket to get all the way to the, the if necessary state championship game, and um, you know we're right there in, in that one. Um, or it may, it may not have been the if necessary game, but anyways, they fought back from the losers bracket to get to the championship game. And then this year, of course they lose in the region tournament and they have to go, uh, play that extra series, but they were able to beat MUS and then, um, I believe Christian brothers after that and to, to still get to the state tournament. So you certainly can't count them out. They've got the experience of guys like Hunter high Miller green guys that have been here before. So you have to like that. But, um, 
just based on how everything played out in the regular season. The last time CPA and Lipscomb met, I, I think I got to give just a slight edge to CPA. Yeah, they want to send uh, resident hype man Brent High out on a high. Uh, thank you, Tyler and Russell. Let's uh, move on to our Dixon County segment with host of Casey's Take and our Dixon County sports writer, Casey Patrick. Casey, What's up, Brady? Casey, always good to see you, man. Uh, what are some of the differences in Harpeth's soccer team from this year to last year? Well, I, I think uh, Harpeth soccer coach Lou Jenkins has said it best. Uh, you know, to begin the season – uh, he brought up how much different this team was than last year because last year they relied on Kyler Hartley a lot, who was a, a leading goal scorer. I think he scored 27 goals last year. And this year they've had to kind of spread out the wealth a little bit more. Um, and I think that that is one of the few other things I want to get to later too is just the differences in, in what Harpeth is this year from last. And um, a lot of it seems to be more team-oriented, uh, which I think is obviously – I obviously going to be better for them uh but but they are uh they're spreading the wealth out more instead of kyler hartley getting all the goals like he did last year it's it's more about like jasper tharp has a lot of goals this year uh jacob montgomery who was out with the illness last year in the regional uh or not last year but last week in the regional semifinals i believe is what it was uh jacob montgomery should be back but he's he's been up front helping them score goals they have they've spread it out uh, some more with um, Armando Esparza as well. So uh, Jenkins, Coach Lou Jenkins, really likes the group that he's got and and how much different they are than last year because it was so kind of uh, centered around Hartley. Um, that's the main thing for me. And and they've been there. A lot of these kids, you know, after you get the um, the experience of going the first time, you really want to go back. And a lot of those kids that finished last year and, and lost in the first round to Merrill Hyde. They get another chance at Merrill High this year on Tuesday. So those kids, they they want the win, and and I think they've got a good chance to to bring it home maybe. That would definitely be very cool for the area. Uh, looking at a track and field, can a Cheatham athlete bring home first again after a sectional first-place finish? Well, you know, uh, Cheatham County Central's Lily Shadowins actually finished. Uh, she did. She finished first in the 1,600-meter run. And uh, Harpeth's first place finisher was Kate Brent, and she finished first in the 800 meter run. Um, I think it's going to be a good question to see if either one of those two kids can can, um, like I said, kind of redo uh, what they did in the sectional round. Um, I, I'm going to have to wish them a lot of luck because obviously the the talent really uh, makes a huge jump from the sectional round to the state level. But um, th- that is going to be a huge question. It's going to I I don't I don't think. Um, I don't think it's going to be nearly as easy as it was, but I, I think again, just like Harvest Soccer, it'd be really great uh, for the area uh, just to have another. Even if it is an individual state champion, it, it'd still be great for the area to, to have something like that happen. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we look at Allie Beal uh, has her own school record. Can she break it again? Well, you know, she she set her own school record of twelve six four at sectionals in first place, finished the hundred meter dash. Um, 12-6 is pretty fast for anybody. Uh, so it, it's going to be hard to do that again. Um, but but if she can break her own school record, she's got a chance to bring home some gold. So um, I, I think, uh, of course, you know, again, it's, it's the same with these the, the Cheatham girls too. Uh, once you start to get up to the state level, we all know that the talent gets better as, as it should, as it should. So um, Allie, I think for her to bring home gold, she may have to break her own school record again. So uh, best of luck to her. I think there's a chance, and, and I'm ready to see what happens. 
Thank you, Casey. Talking uh, some Dixon and Cheatham with us. Let's move on over to Blaine, who has been ridiculously busy this spring, and that's not going to change this week. Blaine, uh, there's an insane five baseball teams from Robertson County who are in state. Um, rather, four of them are in state out of five. How in the world does that happen? 80% success rate is pretty incredible after just one team made the state tournament last year. I think this new playoff format really helped out Robertson County a ton where you are able to lose in that region tournament and still make it to the sectional round. And you can lose one game in the sectional and still make it to the state tournament. East Robertson being an example of that, the, the Indians in the 2021 Class A state champions lost to Joe Burns in their region championship, traveled to South Pittsburgh and swept the Pirates down south. Joe Burns on the other side earned its first state tournament appearance at home. They swept Lookout Valley. At Greenbrier and White House Heritage, both teams that have made the tournament in the past two years, they both qualified with home sectional series as well. Heritage really got a, a good series matchup. Westview was a team that just had 12 wins on the year, but Hardin County was a tough draw for the Bobcats. They still got it done in three. Yeah, I think if uh, we're looking at the D2A, or rather the um, the single A bracket, um, there's a dream championship matchup in there with the possibility of Joe Burns and East Robertson matching up. Do you think that that's possible? It's tough, but it's, it's not entirely out of the question, thanks to both teams being in different host sites. East Robertson's going to be at Rockville. Joe Burns is all the way out in Eagleville. But if Joe Burns can defeat Eagleville, which won the uh, class championship, class A championship last year, and will be playing it on its home turf, and if East Robertson can knock out the – the reigning runner-up in McKenzie, you've got a, a Friday 10 a.m. matchup between two District 8-1-A teams, which, again, like you said, would be a, a dream matchup there. Of course, it's easy to look four rounds down the road and hope for that. But, again, just a really exciting time for Robertson County baseball to even have the prospect of that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's been a, a successful season for Sumner track and field as well. 40-plus athletes uh, qualifying for state. Who are some of the top names to watch? Yeah, as, as if my job didn't get any more busy uh, with 10-plus Sumner and Robertson County teams. We've got 40-plus track and field athletes to watch out for. Uh, in Portland, I, I think Will Hester in both hurdles events is going to be somebody to watch out for. His dad was a hurdler, and he actually broke his dad's school record earlier this season. He's, I, I believe, in the top four seeds uh, in both of those events out of Sumner County, so that's some great representation. Whitney Robinson of Liberty Creek being the school's first ever state qualifier is such a huge moment for them in that track and field program. And Kamaria Quarter, someone else I'm watching out for, broke Gallatin's 48-year long jump record earlier this year and uh, was a great distance, short distance runner as well. She's going to be competing in that long jump event, and I would expect her to do pretty well as well. Absolutely. And uh, let's get one more in here. We have uh, one more shot for a Sumner team to get to the state tournament today. You don't always see a, a sectional game on Monday, but tell us a little bit about that. As bizarre as it is, Westmoreland will travel to community tonight to take on the Queens at 6 p.m. Westmoreland going for a bit of history, trying to take out a team that made the state tournament last year. It's been a long time since Westmoreland was at this stage. They were at the sectional last year, but really hoping and gunning for Murfreesboro and if they get it, they got to set travel plans for about 12 hours from then as they get ready to play in that first round game in the afternoon. 
Love it. Thank you, Blaine. Uh, let's run to a quick break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about some uh, takes and predictions. You've been putting back a few, and a few becomes a few too many. For a moment, you think about calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. What's the worst that can happen? You get pulled over, your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you total your car, you kill someone. Hockey in Music City just hits different. It's one big honky-tonk party. It's the sea of gold in the crowd. The goals, the saves, the celebrations. It's an experience like no other. Experience Predators hockey all season long. Visit NashvillePredators.com slash season tickets and join the Loyal Legion today. That's NashvillePredators.com slash tickets. And we'll see you at Bridgestone Arena. Welcome back to the MSP spring fling preview show let's talk about some takes and predictions as well as go down some memory lane a little bit uh we're going to start with blaine blaine give us a uh, prediction a question and a past spring fling story yeah one big prediction out of the robertson and sumner area if there are four robertson county baseball teams to be had in this year's state tournament i feel like i have to predict one of them to win it all White House Heritage is my big prediction. I think they win their first Class 2A state championship this spring. There were four teams, of course, in the Final Four last year of the Class 2A tournament, Loretto, Pigeon Forge, Watertown, and White House Heritage. Three of those teams have been eliminated before reaching the state tournament. White House Heritage has a really favorable bracket on their side. They're playing at Stewart's Creek where they were last year, so they're familiar with the home field. I think there's a lot of advantages for this Patriots team. They're more talented than they were last year, and they're more experienced. They've been on this stage. So I'll take them to win the Class 2A state championship. Big question to give you some Sumner County coverage. Can Merrill Hyde Tennis complete a state team tournament three-peat? They've won the state championship each of the last two years. It's been an incredible run for those four-year players. Uh, I, I think it would be a great high note for them to go out on there. And when you look through their region and sectional bracket, they haven't dropped a set yet. They swept Camden 5-0, beat Fairview 4-0. So a couple of big wins there to make it back to Murfreesboro. I think they have another good shot. I mean, that's another smaller prediction to, to think that they can maybe complete the three-peat there. And, you know, there were a ton of great stories to be had from last year's spring, my first spring fling, going into my second this year. But I think I've got to come back to White House Heritage Baseball. This was a team that made it to the Class 2A State Final Four without hitting a home run. They've, of course, hit seven this year after I left the county and started to focus on Sumner. But you know, it was a really interesting story to see them really battle through their first state tournament appearance with no power, just going station to station and playing team ball as best as they can. So really, uh, those are my predictions, my questions, and my favorite past spring fling, spring fling story. Thank you, Blaine. Uh, how about I give you guys a little bit of uh, my own for now? Uh, we have Clarksville High Baseball in the state tournament. Uh, my big prediction is that they're going to make it to at least Thursday. Uh, I think they have enough pitching to get there. And uh, I think that they have enough hitting to get there. They are, aren't really a power team similar to White House Heritage from last year. They have a few home runs, but not very many. 
Uh, they have enough hitting going station to station. They draw walks, and they have great defense. So I think that that's going to be a good recipe to win at least a couple games. They have Stewart's Creek first, and will face the winner of um, Independence and Farragut, um, or the loser, depending on how that plays out. My big question, uh, can Tori James from Rossview medal after taking a year off from track and field last year? She medaled in her freshman season in the high jump, took the last year off, back in it this year, and she's back in state. Pretty incredible. She's got D1 offers in basketball and volleyball. So you can see that she's just an absolute pure athlete. Um, just really incredible stuff to see her back in here. And, of course, my favorite spring fling uh, memory see uh, it's got to be CHS softball's run last year kind of a little bit of a I don't want to say Cinderella run but uh, kind of just coming out of nowhere almost and just beating everybody just playing their absolute best softball at the right time last year and they absolutely just took over made it to the state championship game state second place just pretty incredible stuff and that's got to be my uh, my favorite uh, spring fling memory now let's go to Casey uh, why don't you give us your uh, your little list here. Yeah. Um, I, I think my, my one main prediction is I think Harpeth is going to beat Merrill Hyde on Tuesday. Um, I, and, and it's only because these kids and coach Jenkins are hyper-focused on that one goal. Uh, I haven't been hearing them say so much about, uh, we want to win the state tournament. We it's, it's not about, we want to, we want to get to Friday. It's about, we want to get past Tuesday. And um, I, I think it'd be a monumental thing for a team that just made its first state tournament appearance ever last year. Uh, of course, they get a rematch with the team that knocked them out uh, on on penalty kick or the you know a, after uh, penalty kicks and in a three to two loss. So I, I and like I said, Harpeth is hyper focused on this one goal of getting past Tuesday and beating Merrill Hyde. I think they're going to do that. Um, <clears throat> now, as far as uh, let's see. My my one big question is: I talked I talked for a minute earlier about all of my track and field athletes. Uh, between Lily Shadowins and Kate Brent, uh, both Sarah Potter and Rachel Brewer at Dixon County, and then Allie Dill at Creekwood, I'm I'm thinking, which one of those girls is going to win a state championship? I I think one of them can do it because you've got a lot of really great really great times here and really good finishes for these girls in the sectional round. So I'm thinking one of them's got a chance to bring home first. Which one of them's going to do it? Uh, I don't know. Just uh, Allie Deal breaking that school record sectional may have given her a lot of momentum going forward. Um, I, but I don't know who's going to do it, but I think one of them can. Uh, and then, of course, my, my favorite story is uh, I'm going to be a little bit more selfish, not really about a team, but uh, the first year I ever – the first year I worked for Main Street Media, uh, I got to go to the Spring Fling. And, of course, uh, Creekwood softball was there. And I was um, I was making my way. Of course, y'all know the guys I'm talking to. Y'all know the, how the complex works. You got fields all around, and you walk up and down. There was a foul ball hit, and it uh, I I was lucky enough to look up, and it was it was another game going on next to the Creekwood game. But the the guys that do the radio for the local radio station they they were actually talking pregame. And the I knew the guy that does the radio, and he used to work there, and now he works at 104.5. Uh, Lucas Panzica, he's a friend of mine. Um, he actually saw me. He he looked down and he watched as this foul ball come over. And I was lucky enough to look up and I just reached one hand up in the air and caught it with my hand. And um, it pretty athletic play. It looked like I knew what I was doing. But that's one of my favorite stories because that he actually called that over the radio as I was 
uh, saving my own life and not getting hit upside the head with a softball. But uh, that is one of my favorite stories. I've, I've, I just always think about that one. And um, I actually, I, I actually hate the fact that I don't get to watch any soccer this year, but uh, I, I know uh, it, Blaine can take up for the rest of us. Cause like y'all said, he's already got 40, 45 teams or whatever's going on. Out. <laughs> Man. I love that. Main street press where we hire athletes. That's right. Thank That's you. Casey. Right. We ball. Yeah, we, we ball. Uh, let's go to Russell. Uh, I don't know if you have any stories that will top that, but let's see. Uh, yeah, I, I don't have any personal stories that can top that, but I, I do remember a couple of years ago, um, Father Ryan's Harrison Krause, he scored a couple of goals in the state semifinals and a penalty kick in the shootout to send Father Ryan to the uh, the state championship game. And uh, he told me afterwards that he'd been battling food poisoning all day. He'd been thrown up, he'd been really sick. I'm not sure if he ate something at the team hotel or what happened, but Somehow, despite having no energy, he managed to get through 100 minutes of soccer and a penalty kick shootout. I was, I, you know, I would have had no idea uh, that he would that he was sick. He looked like he was at full strength. So that was that was something that stuck out as a memory. Uh, my big prediction is that uh, MLK Magnet and Bauer College Prep. I think that these two teams are going to meet again, and the only way they can do that would be in the Class AA soccer title game. These they've been so evenly matched all year. They've uh, each won one game, and they uh, have also tied another. They've pretty much there's pretty much no goals every time they play. There's only been one goal and uh, from the field in all three of their matchups, and then one other one went to a, a PK shootout. So I think these teams are, are really tough, and uh, there's a chance they're the two best in that bracket, and they're on the opposite side. So there's uh, at least a chance they could meet. And then lastly, my question is: Can Green Hill or Nolensville softball get through the Class 4A bracket in their state tournament debuts? Um, be awesome to see if maybe one of them or maybe even both of them can get to the finals. But, uh, you know, you've got Frigate, you've got Coffee County, Henry County. That's a really, really tough bracket. So I'll uh, be interested to see how those two two uh, really new schools and new programs do in their first uh, trip to Murfreesboro. Absolutely. It's going to be very interesting to see. going to be a cool storyline to watch. Uh, all right, Tyler, Let's uh, last but not least, let's get your predictions question and uh, story. Yeah, I don't know that this is uh, going to bode well for our – our reporters who probably don't want to cover any extra games and they don't have to with so many things going on this week. But uh, I think Lipscomb Academy and CPA are going to play three times this week. They're going to meet in the semis. They're going to meet again in the championship after uh, the one of the, the loser emerges from the loser's bracket. And then I think they're going to meet again in what would be an if necessary championship game, um, which would be awesome. I mean, it's actually, uh, you know, I, it's my prediction. It's going to be, it doesn't mean it's going to be an easy thing to, to happen, but anytime you have an all air final, uh, bodes well for the crowds, both crowds know each other. Everybody knows each other. Uh, and then obviously the team just being very familiar because they're, uh, from playing in the same region, that would be a, that would be a real, really cool thing to actually come to fruition. And I don't, you know, CPA Russell was hitting on all this. CPA is playing really well. Got a great, um, uh, pitching staff and then you know Lipscomb kind of played kind of mediocre through its region tournament but I think it's one of those groups that can uh maybe not play as well one day you know I, it's baseball I, they had a couple games that weren't great but ever since they've been pretty good so we'll kind of just have to see uh one big question or questions when you look at a couple other sports uh specifically girls uh, Brentwood and girls sports have a couple streaks that are going to be on the line. Uh, the track team's going for three in a row and poised to possibly do that. That just, 
really are equipped with a lot of great athletes, uh, including pentathlon champion, uh, sophomore Sophie Yount, who was contributing even as a freshman last year. Uh, it's always great to have one of those athletes who can, you know, come in and not just win the pentathlon points for you, but to, to have a potential impact it in other places like relays and whatnot. So, and then you look at Brentwood girls tennis going for two in a row now, uh, returning virtually every player from last year and kind of looking to restart a, a dynasty. Uh, if, uh, if that's a good word, uh, four titles for that program from 2016 to 2019. So uh, Bruins kind of trying to start another streak here. Uh, my past fling spring fling story, uh, I, I just thought this was cool. It was um, last year in the in the AAA soccer championship between Brentwood and Bearden. Everybody spoke uh, all week about how good Bearden was, and obviously everybody kind of just decided Brentwood was going to be the underdog. And then uh, after after Brentwood comes out and scores on his first three shot attempts in the first half, uh, one of them was put in by Forrest Wells, and he comes over to the bench to his team, and he yells out, I thought these guys were good. And it just, I was standing right there and I just thought that is, that is some pretty epic uh, shade, if you will. (laughs) I don't know. You know, it wasn't, I've heard worse, but I thought it was really good. He kind of just summarized the whole week's narrative in one, in one question. They they were told they were good. And, uh, and obviously they were, but Brent was just a lot better that day. So that's my story. I love that. Well, This has been the MSP Spring Fling Preview Show brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office where fans don't let fans drive drunk. Thank you guys all for contributing. Thank you to our producer, Justin Kulik, behind the scenes for chipping in today. And uh, we look forward to seeing you guys all at the fields this week.